Hey, basketball fans, it's playoff time. The NBA play-in situations made the stakes bigger than ever, so the promotions are bigger than ever over at DraftKings. Every day of the NBA playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get you a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering you players a free shot at, again, twenty grand in total prizes. All you have to do, DraftKings, free player pools, easy to enter. Download the app. Go to pools, choose from a wide variety of free contests for opportunity to win these prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's games. And then, you know, of course, track your results throughout the evening and cash in. The questions are ranged from which team hit the most threes to which team scored first. So, hey, get your, get your uncut gems on. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, welcome back to Protect the Nest. You know, it's your podcast over on the Basketball Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings. We just had the season-ending press conferences with Zion Williamson, David Griffin, Brandon Ingram. Now we've got all the narratives coming out from other media sites. You've heard of Amic and a few others talk about the coaching situation, but y'all know this is Protect the Nest. We're going to keep it real with you, see how this team's doing. Look at, look at it from an inside of you. We're not going to listen to that outside noise. But we can make some comparisons and start looking at the markets and the offseason moves. Look, this was a decent season for evaluation for this team. Uh, I think we can all agree that maybe we want to find something else besides Eric Bledsoe. Uh, that's just one of those hot takes that aren't so hot that everybody throws out there. But people are talking about coaching, and that's that's the most, uh, I guess, drama-filled narrative and storyline for the national media coming out of these press conferences. You got Sam Amick over there saying that, you know, the the players and Stan Van Gundy aren't really vibing. You got other people talking about, well, look, Dave, David Griffin come out and said, you know, look, we had to go through a pandemic. We're a young team. We just got together. There was no training camp. It, there was a pandemic. Well, look, 29 other thing, teams went through the same thing. And then you look at maybe light for light coaches. You had Tibbs up in New York with the Knicks. You had SVG down here with the Pelicans. Look where the Knicks at. Look where the Pelicans at. The Pelicans, there's a lot of people inside and outside the building that expected them to at least fight for the sixth seed and not fall out of the play-in situation completely. But looking at that comparison, there was only one player Stan Van Gundy inherited that he'd ever played or coached before. That was Reddick, who was old, bad defensively, got traded. Tibbs on that Knicks team, he'd coached some of those players at multiple stops before. The Knicks. I think actually just have a more defensively talented roster. Bledsoe maybe isn't as great in the Western Conference as he was in the East when he was on the all-defensive teams battling for those ballots. Particularly, I mean, he again, we've talked on this podcast how he might not have been as motivated for this New Orleans team as he was Milwaukee because Milwaukee's been battling for championships. The Pelicans were not going to be in that situation. And then Lonzo disappointed. 
And we've been over the issues with Ingram and Zion defensively. Adam was, was fine. But meanwhile, New York, Mitchell Robinson was great till he got injured. Nerlens Noel's always been a solid rim protector. He, he had his best season. Uh, Bullock is solid. Tibbs, I don't know if he's a better defensive coach, but he had better defensive pieces to, to build upon. And, and that showed. They had, I think, I'm, I'm not sure what the Knicks injuries lost per game or games lost to injury per game was. But the Pelicans, even if you add up the end of the season when everybody was sitting, they, they, they started racking up a lot of, you know, DMPs. And you're not going to battle for the mid positions in the playoffs if you can't keep your roster humming along healthy and playing good basketball throughout the season so they can start playing their best basketball to start the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs next year, that's that's the not only the goal, that's the expectation. That's also the standard that has to be met for – I think Stan Van Gundy, he keeps his job over the offseason. You don't come out and say what you say as Griffin and talk about the pandemic, no training camp, lack of practices. You don't make that hire and then fire him this early after dealing with this season. Everybody was going to have to deal with it differently. They were in-house. You can make all the comparisons you want. Say 29 other teams went through the same thing. But 29 other teams had 29 other different locker room dynamics. Look at the Lakers. Look at the Heat. Look at the Celtics. I mean, look at every team. They had to deal with it their way. And maybe most of them had coaches that had been in place and they had a foundation. Obviously, Stan Van Gundy, it, it, it would cost a lot to fire. So, again, he's going to be around to start next season. Will he be around to finish the season? I'm not sure. It depends on how the team works out. However, that that's on the front office. And looking at the front office, through the scope of what the players said in the press conferences, Zion, Brandon Ingram. Ingram knows he has to work more he, on defense. Zion as well. Uh, again, that you're not going to compete for championships with 20-year-olds that don't understand how to really use their talents to not only get baskets, but to stop baskets. And they're just learning that now. Uh, Zion admitted this team is not close. That puts pressure on the front office. The front office believes they're one, two moves away. This is the midway point for David Griffin and his front office. We talk about Stan Van Gundy finishing out next season. The real question going forward with Zion and how we're going to keep him in New Orleans is, does David Griffin finish out his contract if he does not get these next one to two moves right? This team is closer maybe than people are going to let on after Zion's comments or, you know, they're just going to blow up and take it out of proportion. They are so close yet so far away. And one wrong move and this this decent season, it will be off or not. This bit of growth that I think we saw, if you look at one game, that last Clippers game a few weeks ago, this team showed incredible growth to me in that game that I could see things they had learned previously, and the team was starting to put it together at all at the same time. They're learning to play together. And you've got a, I mean, you got a good mix of young and old, good and bad. Zion, uh, again, the point Zion experiment worked out great, but we need time, more time to work on it. We're going to build out this roster and, and, and see what we need. Most, I think we need another big, or we need to at least retain Hernan Gomez for, you know, he's going to get a, a, a pay raise somewhere. It should be here as long as it's not out of the realm of reason that we can't stay under the cap, use some space. And, and, and let's look at it. 
this podcast from the top down and also the bottom up. Starting from the bottom up, that's what I've been writing about over at Forbes Sports. Also going to find some more of it at musicmoviesandhoops.com. Everyone loves the signing of Najee Marshall. $1.5 million for next year. You got Zion on the books for $10 million. B.I.'s extension, he's making right at $29.4, million. Silva signed up for next season, one point five. You got Nikhil, Kyra Lewis Jr., Jackson Hayes. So Nikhil's at 3.2, Kyra's at 3.8, Jackson's at 5.3. Most of these contracts are not going to be that useful in a big trade because they're not going to take up enough cap space to to match the contracts and, and income and salary to outcome and salary, depending on the team we trade with and what the Pelicans do with Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. The biggest question for this front office is, really, is Brandon, Brandon Ingram going to be on the trade market, or is he untouchable? If he's untouchable, you've got your two top-end talents in Zion and Brandon Ingram on the books for 29 and 10. Then you've got Najee, Silva, Alexander Walker, Lewis Jr., Hayes, and let's say we retain Hernan Gomez for even double the money. That's your core at $50 million. You have your reserve unit locked up for the most part because you want Zion or Ingram to be on the court at the same time, uh, at all times, it, depending on the score situation. You know, you understand. If we keep Adams, that's up to $70 million, but that still gives the Pelicans 30 million to play with in the free agents market, the trade market. And then you can add Lonzo's shine and trade to that, whatever his contract is. That plus cap space, heart, and then you throw in Bledsoe. This Pelicans team could add two max contract players, not just one. When we talk about keeping heart or just having a pennies on the dollar, Najee Marshall do exactly the same thing and put up basically the same points, why not both? Why not both? That's, that's, that's where this front office has to get greedy and not say it's one or the other. They have to go to Gail Benson and say, we're going to have to pay a little bit more of the luxury tax. It's historically well known that if you want a championship or even to make the final four or Western Conference finals, you have to pay more of the luxury tax. You can't be at the end of the season flirting with the 10th seed, trying to stay under the cap, under the luxury tax threshold and still expect to compete for championships. So that's looking from the bottom up. We've got a, a solid core. We've got a, if we keep our draft picks, another rotational piece to stick on the reserve unit. We'll fill out, you know, the mid-level exception. We'll hopefully use the Nicolo Melli trade exception that's 3.8. And then we add a little bit to it. We're going to get another $5 million, $7 million, you know, maybe point guard to help lead the reserve units, a wing, some spacing. At, at the mid-level, by-level, James Johnson's coming off the books. We could bring him back. He's a nice veteran piece that knows his role. Uh, he's going to have to take a big pay cut, but he's an option. So with all that money to play with, Adams, $17 million. Bledsoe, $18 million. The exceptions, Lonzo sign and trade. You have enough to bring in two max players. We're probably just going to get one because, it's, one, the free agent market is kind of light, especially on top-end talent. And there's only so many teams that are going to want to trade. Look at uh, Minnesota. You know the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns. They've got D'Lo Russell. They've got Edwards. They've got their core who played well at the end of the season. But that's new ownership. They might decide that blowing it up that core it just that they don't see a path to contention, and they decide to start moving pieces and and, and collecting assets much in the way of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Pelicans. 
and because they see that Luca Zion, they, they are behind the times when it comes to rebuilding and competing now. Why not push it back a year or two when I believe you'll see, as all ownerships do, a slight rebrand and all that's coming. That's when they'll really be building behind Edwards and this new core asset. So maybe you chase Carl Anthony Towns since we need another big who, and he can provide spacing. Maybe you chase a Bradley Bill if Washington decides to blow it up. Maybe you chase uh, decide to lower your expectations and just go after a Larry Nancy Jr. I'm, I'm of the camp that I want to see Portland blow it up and New Orleans just decides to go get Dame and be done with it. Dame, Ingram, Zion, a core reserve unit with Jackson, Najee. Maybe you got to give up Nikhil, uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. You got to do what you can if you bring in something like Dame. But let's aim for the stars. It, why not both on keeping, say, Hart and Marshall to to really be the dog in the fight that we just let loose and got one of them always on the court to support our stars. But let's just go ahead and go all up. Go get Dame when they get knocked out of the playoffs by Denver. Even if they get by Denver, I don't see them winning two series. And it's about time they move on. It, they've run this team back. They let a few people go, then brought them back after winning their Western Conference, getting to the Western Conference Finals a few years ago. They dropped to the A seat. Now they're back. Eh, it, it's over and done with in Portland. Let's go get Dane. That's where I'm at. That's the hot take. But this team has to build somewhere. They have to make one more big move. One, because everybody sees it, it's needed to compete. It's what's going to be needed to keep Zion around the same way that the Drew Holiday was needed for the Bucks to keep Anna DeCumpo around. And maybe maybe we even chase Kawhi. Maybe we even chase Kawhi. Why why not Kawhi? Why not aim big? But I don't really think we, I, I'd, I'd rather Dame over Kawhi at this point. That that might be even hotter take. But that's how this Pelicans front office has to start building, and they have to start thinking about that move, and then a couple more, you know, middle of the middle of the rotation, sixth, seventh, eighth spots on the roster. That that fills out the the bench so that once Zion Ingram and this third star to be, which I don't think will be Lonzo, even if we retain Lonzo, he's just not going to be the third star everybody expects from the second round, uh, second overall pick. Not behind those two, he could be a great fifth option, but I don't think Lonzo is going to be that third option and demand that type of money. And, and roll and usage rate here in New Orleans. If you look at his usage rate, it's just not matching up. So we have to go do something. That one big move. Let's see it, Pelicans. That's gonna that's that's gonna determine the future for the next decade, honestly. And and it's gonna cost a lot of draft picks, some assets. We're we're looking at, you know, we've got draft picks right now that are sitting in eighth grade classrooms, ninth grade classrooms. That's not gonna help keep Zion here. It the front office is built that war chest up for a reason, and this is the offseason. We've dominated the Pelicans have the offseason the last two years with Anthony Davis and now uh, Drew Holiday. We're going to dominate this offseason with this big move. Next year will be the Pelicans dominating either by contract extensions or hiring new coaches You know, for the front office and coaching staffs. And then you'll see Zion's contract. Obviously, it's going to be a max unless he decides to take some drastic route of a one-year deal so he can reach unrestricted free agency sooner than ever. I don't see that happening. 
but the Pelicans will dominate every offseason for the next three years, no matter what happens. Let's see how it works, baby. Protect the nest. It's been a quick 16 minutes. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Give us a five-star review. Check us out on the Basketball Podcast Network. You can hear us anywhere, anywhere you, you get your podcast. Apple, Android, doesn't matter. Twitter is Unfiltered Dunks. Protect the nest dunks with Dodson. Uh, doing it, Dodson. Check us out. Appreciate y'all. Have a good weekend.